0: Welcome to Mesa Brew. No, wait. Welcome to Brewcast uh, from Mesa Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Giardi joined as always by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani here with you on Monday night, January 11th heading into Tuesday, January 12th. Man, do we got a lot to get to here today. Obviously, the big news uh, if you didn't listen to the emergency show with Anthony and Chris uh, the Jim Harbaugh extension, Talk a little bit about that. Maybe some potential staff changes uh, actually just happening before we started recording here tonight. Uh, We had some big news of a a key returning player that's going to use the NCAA eligibility rule to come back uh, for next year. So uh, that's some good news there. Obviously got to talk about hoops. University of Michigan squad is rising up through the AP poll and still undefeated with a huge showdown in the big 10 here tonight. And we're also live on Twitch as we are every Monday night at seven 30. Thank you to uh, those of you that are in the Twitch room right now, as you're waiting for the national championship to begin here tonight, roll tide, uh, Anthony, Chris, how are we doing here? Uh, doing well. Good to be back. Uh, like I said, I feel it's one of those
1: those shows where I feel like there's been too much of me lately. So, um, well, very yeah, much you've been you've been all over the spot, man. You podcasts and everything. Well, it's you know I got the Energizer Bunny, uh, our third here to thank for that. Uh, kind of keeping me together here in the last couple of days. But um, yeah, no, it's good to be back. Uh, a lot to talk about. It, there is a a peace of mind here uh, this evening in that it's the first time in several weeks that we've really had news to discuss, Uh, you know, burn down the Harbaugh extension a little bit more, but I I think myself and Chris have kind of plowed that ground pretty thoroughly, but you know, with the dust clearing on the weekend, uh, there's some other things that I'm sure have come to mind uh, for both of us, but uh, good to be back. Um, Like I said, the peace of mind tonight is that a direction has has been picked. Uh, Mm I, my statement off the top is that I'm not going to spend the next eight or nine months screaming and yelling about who the football coach is, because there'll be plenty of time to do that in the fall. if Things don't go right. So, um, the direction is picked. There's a little bit more to burn down from it, but glad to be back here with the three of you or the two of you, I'm sorry, three of us, given that, um, the last several weeks have kind of been a scraping through the holidays and whatnot.
2: I'm with you. I was just thinking, um, I really hope the site's not getting sick of me here, the fan base, at least, because I've been uh, I've been all over here the last couple days. And look, I love doing it. I've I've had a lot of fun. Um, I like talking about when news breaks. I like talking hoops and and football stuff. I like recording with you guys. So, uh, no, I mean, yeah, I I, we've been all over this and it's we everyone's been all over this because I think people were just dying for some sort of news that the second, you know, the second you found a cup of water in the desert, everyone started running towards it, you know, and that's, that's kind of what I feel like we got uh, on Friday. It, it got to a point where, because Michigan, we haven't known who the football coach is going to be here for about a month and a half. And we kind of have that we've, we, we know now, so that blurry picture has become a lot more clear and it makes, it makes for easier content. It, it really does. Cause uh, we have, we have kind of a p- picture now that's been officially painted and I look forward to discussing where we go from here
0: yeah what up jacks Ten twenty-one in here on the uh, twitch chat as, as we get rolling here tonight but and also uh, i will say um again we're pre-recording before the national title game
1: but i did just yeah. want to uh, congratulate uh its blowout win over ohio state
2: <laughs> you know you're gonna have the audio oh, so if, you're gonna have the audio so if ohio state wins go back you gotta go back and add the uh the dubbed-over version. I'd like to congratulate Ohio State on winning the national championship, so you're not going to be wrong either way, but yeah, I, I kind of think Bama's going to yeah, end up I it. should
1: prefer this, too, because people don't listen very long into the show. That's a joke. I don't know what's going to happen in this game. Right, um, of course. But,
0: you know, Michigan's not there, so... <laughs> uh, man, what, what would this... So that's, that's a thing, man. We, we do this show every Monday night. What would we be? What would this show be like ahead of a, a Michigan national championship game? Drunk. drunk. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a,
2: a fair amount of anxiety drinking for sure. Right. And that's what people need, need to understand is that as good of a job as I feel like we've done on this site, navigating through these very muddy waters, Uh, It is advantageous to us. It's advantageous, obviously, to Michigan, but it's advantageous to the fan base and everyone who listens uh, that we see greatness here. Like some of the most fun shows we've ever recorded was early on when I was doing this after when they made the Final Four in 2018. Like we are as good of a job as I feel like we've done covering it. We're desperately yearning for a team to make another deep run. And, and I think the, uh, them making the national championship one day. I hope I'm still around here so that we can, uh, we can officially discuss that, but it feels for the time being, oh, so far away.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, judging by the reaction that I saw last week when uh, Jim Harbaugh signed the extension, a lot of the fan base doesn't think it's going to be within the next six years. Um, right. Yeah, so I know you guys talked extensively about it. Probably going to want you to to reiterate it for those of you that didn't um, get your guys' emergency pod when it went down. But my initial thought process was, first thing I thought was, this was a responsible contract on the the side of the university. And that's something we really don't see in college football, especially big time college football. When, when you get it into the power five, you know, you, you got money th- being thrown around like crazy, like Texas. What would it Tom Herman had a huge buyout? Didn't matter. Let's go get Steve Sarkeesian. You know, I, I mean, the, the money that's thrown around in big time college football is ridiculous. And here's Michigan who, you know, pretty much told Jim Harbaugh, Look, man, you can work here if you want, but you're going to take a 50% pay cut to do it. And, you know, with that, uh, I saw the numbers come out and I said, everything makes a little more sense. Why, why Jim Harbaugh, uh, you know, wasn't signing this extension right away. And and the reports, you know, that we talked about Jordan Strack last week, uh, coming out with the reports that Jim Harbaugh was, actively trying to get to the NFL. And quite honestly, I don't blame him. And I think Michigan, you know, kind of did the right thing and uh, heavily incentivized contract because it's like, I think, it, I think it's going to put a, a little bit of a chip on, on Jim's shoulder as well, to to be honest with you, because I think he he's he was always rebranded as like the, the guy who comes in and rebuilds the program and he needs to rebuild his own program. And now he's got, you know, some dollar sign incentive to do it. Well, and I think we said
1: this, or, or I said this, because I'll, I'll fall on the sword. In, in the Friday podcast we did, every and again, not to not to you know poop on anyone else's reporting, but all of the the rumors that you saw over the last you know several weeks, especially the you know you never saw Jim Harbaugh linked to an NFL team, um, right? A, that was all. A lot of that stuff was half truths or quarter truths or you know educated guessing it it wasn't none of that stuff was based in in fact due to uh you know jim harbaugh's circle is very small he doesn't have a a floyd mayweather entourage where people are running their mouths about what he's going to do so uh, again you know any my understanding of everything is that any gauge of interest in NFL gigs was to increase the negotiating power on his side. And that's where, you know, to me, this again, nothing is always as it seems, but to me, the contract read says there wasn't really a whole lot to negotiate there. Um, And honestly, I do think that Ward manual and Michigan deserve some credit for the offer that was extended because one I'll stop short of saying it was innovative. I think it was necessary given not only the the level of success or lack thereof that Harbaugh has had. I mean, he hasn't, um, it's no secret, he hasn't done the things he was originally hired to do. And so, but from the university side of things, they kind of, it, you don't see, this is how all, all contracts should look. You should get paid for what you do, not for the promises you make. So I, I think this is a, I say good deal for both sides. I mean, it's not, you know, Jim Harbaugh got his base salary cut in half. Like that's not nothing, but if you do, he can earn it back. It's not like you just got your base salary cut in half. And here's the thing too. We also talked about this. Like if he does, I say somehow turn it around. Cause you know, we, we know, we know what the narratives are. We know what they're up against, but if he does turn it around and they start winning 10 games a year again, and they're kind of right on the doorstep, they're going to renegotiate that deal and he'll get more of his base salary back. So to me right now in the situation that they're in, you know, with things to me, still a little bit on the rocks, I, you know, the the buyout's not an issue. If you're telling me that you were only going to pay a football coach, you know, you know, four to $5 million this year, I don't know. I don't know who else you're getting uh, if it's not Jim Harbaugh. So it's one of those things where I think the one year flyer on it is probably all hot takes aside worth it to just see. We think we know, but again, um, I think it's a deal that works out for both sides. And I think it's, it's fair uh, fair for Michigan. I think it's, you know, the expectations of, of what, you know, you can say the expectations are lowered, but again, if Jim Harbaugh does these things, he'll earn his money back. So the the deal is, if you're telling me this is what the extension looked like, and there's an easy out, and and there's a chance for you know everything that's on the table, I can't say
0: I would have had a huge issue with it. I've actually got a bit of a take on that. Um, I think the way everything went down, and I know it's it's reported that you know Jim Harbaugh doesn't care about money or whatever. And that may be partly true. I'll never think that that's 100% true. Like that, that that doesn't play a bit of a part when when he comes to making these decisions. But I think the way that this all went down, no matter what Jim Harbaugh after the next two seasons will not be Michigan's head coach. I think either a, a, he doesn't do well enough and Michigan eventually moves on from him or B, he does do really good, but he remembers how this all went down. He took a 50% pay cut and then he becomes attractive to NFL teams again. And he makes that jump back to the league.
2: You know what? It wouldn't shock me. It will not shock. Cause there's the one word I, think of to describe this whole contract it it's bizarre like I've, i don't know if i've ever seen anything like this especially at michigan and it, i think one of the reasons it is so bizarre is there's there's very much a built-in fail safe here you know that there is not some huge buyout it is it's a four-year extension but you know uh, that's not some super lengthy contract where if you if you they were to part ways after two years um it would it would come across strange i i it wouldn't shock me. And also it's worth noting. Uh, I mean, Jim Harbaugh, I think for a long time was viewed as kind of that young up and coming head coach. He's been around for a while now. I mean, it's not like, and I, I do think, you know, pending health, he's probably got, you know, could realistically, if he's successful, have another 10 years in him as a coach, but does he want to have those, those 10 years left? Uh, we're going to find out. You know, and, and the, the last, the point I'll make, cause I, I don't want to repeat a bunch of what, um, I said on Friday's podcast, but you know, I, I don't envy any reporter who's had to cover this um, because so many people have been left in the dark about this whole uh, process. It's been, it's been very strange, but like I said, the contract itself, I can't think of the last time a Michigan head coach was the 12th highest paid coach in their own conference. And this is, it's, it's very odd, but at the same time, if you're gonna, if you're gonna extend them, which obviously they did. And, and I've, you know, drew a line in the sand and put my foot down regarding how I felt about this situation. But you, if you are going to extend them, I think for both parties, like you said, Luke, I think it's probably, uh, or maybe it was Anthony. So I can't remember. It's probably about as reasonable as it gets uh, for for both sides here. Personally, Man, that's, that's kind of like how I feel.
0: To what you were saying, Chris, about uh, that he's been around for a while. I was I was looking through some pictures. I was looking to find. Uh, that, that picture of Jim Harbaugh uh, being interviewed at the basketball game with John Beeline losing his mind. Um, so I was looking back through some old pictures in my phone to see if I had that one saved. And I, I actually saw a picture that like was him – at a basketball game in 2015, like the, it must've been a couple of months, maybe just a month after he got hired. Cause he got hired in January. He's probably around February of that year. Mm-hmm. I saw that picture and he doesn't even look like the same man. This guy is aging. Like he's the president of the United States.
2: I was just about to say that. <laughs> yeah. I, hey man, this, this, that it's a job that hardens you, dude. It's,
0: I mean, I was like, I didn't even recognize him. It was, oof, Uh, I'll I'll tell you what, man, I don't know if it's the the water in Ann Arbor or what, but it was, uh, he hopefully finds a little bit of that youth uh, that he's got in him. But um, we do know, uh, we have some news that, well, it, nothing is official quite yet, especially with the Ravens uh, winning yesterday. But it sounds like Michigan's new defensive coordinator is going to be Mike McDonald, the linebackers coach uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. I'll tell you what; those linebackers looked pretty daggone good yesterday. But uh, Anthony, you did a you did a nice piece on him. You, pretty much, what do you know about him? Uh, about as much as everyone else did as
1: of Friday. Um, did did you know? Did a little bit of research. Uh, more specifically, Trevor did kind of a takeaways from the game on Sunday based on, um, you know, the Ravens beating, uh, beating the Titans, which honestly, one of the most, you know, I, I've, i can sit here and say, uh, try to figure out a way to verbalize this as to not, um, totally discount anything. I've, you know, my following of college football. Um, I'll just say, I love the NFL. I follow it extremely close. And Arthur Smith, the, the offensive coordinator from the Titans, is is a, I think he's a wizard, and he's going to get an NFL job. What Baltimore's defense did to slow down Derrick Henry to completely just take him out of the game, uh, especially after you know he kind of had run wild over them the last couple of times they met, that was one of the best defensive performances I've seen any team put up this year, and so I was I was impressed. Um, the things you'll see, I mean, again. This is a guy who, you know, he's working under under Don Martindale, under John Harbaugh. So, he, Mike Mike, uh, I keep saying McCartney, but it's McDonald. Um, he he's a very young guy. He seems like someone who's. Uh, when you just look at what the Ravens do defensively, it's a lot of this of a lot of similar things to what uh, you know Michigan did defensively under Don Brown. Like you're seeing the one-on-one press man coverage, you're seeing blitzes come from every which direction. So I think what it's clear to me and and I don't know if this is an educated take or not but you know with Harbaugh's situation it's it's an extension but it's not you know it's not finality to how long he'll be there. I think you did have to get a little bit creative with that hire and there's a philosophy there where I think you go and look at what his brother has been doing with the Ravens um this guy will be able to come in and and kind of put in some of those same things. So I don't think how Michigan's defense looks will change all that much, but having a younger guy in the room. And and I still think there's a chance that they pair him with a, a Tim Banks from Penn state. Maybe he's, you know, I don't know if giving someone a 33 year old, their first coordinator job uh, in, in a situation this important is, you know, prudent to success. Uh, It's a big, it's a big chance to take. It might be a decision that would make or break um, however much time there's left of the Jim Harbaugh era, but he seems like a young guy, a quick study, someone who um, watches a lot of film, grinds on the tape, has seen a lot of different things, came from nothing, didn't even play uh, college football. He worked his way up through it as a GA and, you know, positioned himself to be where he is today. So again, uh, that's all i that's all that's pretty much all i know about him that's all really anyone
0: knows about him uh it's it's risky but i think there's upside there um well so we do know that the the last former ravens linebacker coach to come be a d coordinator at michigan turned out pretty good until he became benedict arnold yeah right. <laughs> well
2: right yeah, yeah one, one of the only uh good pieces of, of the hoke era was I and mean, one of the only guys that got retained from the yeah. Hulk era. Until, you know until he wasn't uh, I, you know, I think that I can't call it a bad hire. I can't call it a great hire. It is. I think it comes from the same line of thinking that the Gattis hire came from, I believe where you, you go with a guy who maybe does not have the proven track record, but has higher upside than almost anyone uh, available. And it seems like an energy guy, young guy, you know, could be very good for recruiting. And, and honestly, that's as inconsistent and i'm being generous there as gaddis has been as oc i think gaddis is very good for recruiting and i think this guy could be as well especially because defensively they have not brought in the studs recruiting wise over the last several years i think that's one of the big reasons why they've gotten you know burned so much uh, over the last two seasons on the defensive and i you know i i can't call it bad can't call it great but i i I respect the line of thinking here and, and what he's going for. Hopefully uh, it carries over and and eventually becomes uh, successful. Uh, we'll see. But like I said, it's, it is obvious as much as I've, you know, as critical as we've all been at points of Harbaugh, it's obvious that he's still willing to think and to hire outside the box. I guess the only big negative – outside of the lack of experience is that, you know, with Don Brown, Michigan knew right away what the identity of the, the defense was going to be. Right. Lots of blitz packages, lots of single coverage, man, man, to man stuff. We don't know what it's going to be with McDonald McDonald's. Well, we'll find out. And, and we, you know, we still don't really know what it is with Gaddis either. I mean, everyone said speed and space, but speed and space is a term. It's, it's just this, this three word phrase to kind of, you know, sell soap. It's, it's not, doesn't really mean anything. So uh, it's going to be an open book. But they're gonna they're gonna give him a a little window here and I really hope he's successful.
0: Yeah, we'll uh we'll probably be able to talk about it maybe next week or the week after. I'm sure there's gonna be some wheels spinning here, but it sounds like even Josh Gaddis might not be uh lone offensive coordinator next year, but we won't really talk about that until something happens. I'm kinda with uh, Garbanzo here in the the Twitch chat. You know, he said we have to assume John H. wouldn't set him up for failure with the hire. And that's kind of yeah. that was my first reaction, is that John A, you know, John Harbaugh is is giving this guy the, the biggest vote of confidence. Confidence, you know, that's a positive vote of confidence, not the vote of confidence of, you know, like Texas gave Tom Herman and then gave him the boot. You know, I, I think, I think John Harbaugh probably said something along the lines of, look, this guy is special. He's going to be great. Give him a chance. And, you know, realistically, he probably doesn't have that path in Baltimore for the foreseeable future because they're not moving on from their defensive coordinator. Michigan's got this higher. I got to think that, that John Harbaugh put in a pretty good word. And, and like Garbanzo said here in the Twitch chat, not going to, Do that to his brother unless he is pretty certain that this guy's gonna be good. Yeah. And like let's look at what the alternatives
1: are. And again, this is just me speculating. If you weren't going to get like a Will Muschamp or Charlie Strong or a obviously they didn't get Derek Mason, he's going to Auburn. To me, this is better than just hiring Jim Levitt or something like that. Like this, you're rolling the dice on someone, and I do think. I think there's value in young people being with NFL organizations for a long time. Now there can be a downside of that too, for every Kevin Stefanski there is where he spent 13 or so 13, 15 years with the Vikings before uh, popping as the coach of the Browns this year. There's a guy like, you know, Matt Patricia who spent 15 years with the Patriots as a pencil pusher that eventually ran a bad defense and eventually became a bad head coach. So there are, there are two sides of it there, but again, it's you know, thirty-three year old guy. People have said something along the line, you know, they question he's never recruited before. I think I talked to Chris about this the other day. Recruiting is not as complicated as people think it is. It is one: Are you someone who commands respect of a room? Are you someone who communicates well with other people? And are you someone that's good at building relationships? That's what recruiting is. There, there's not. There's not a formula there. Um, you know, there are seasoned veterans of it, uh, but you know, it's it's not. I just I feel like younger people are. Uh, I think that's that's. If you're asking me who might be a little better received in a room with recruits, like I said, I, I I'll take my chances with a younger guy. But again, we we don't know um, anyone who says they know anything about anything before this season starts. Is they're they're driving they're driving some sort of narrative that isn't there yet. Um, You know, the guys over at, or it may just been Brian at MGO blogs, put something along the lines out of, Hey, ultimately this DC hire doesn't matter because we know that Jim Harbaugh is who he is. And that's probably pretty true. So um, I think there's merit to that as well. But like I said, he's here. He's the head coach. Uh, I think he has a pretty decent track record of, of, bringing in assistance. I mean, Don Brown was, here for five years. And I thought most of that time it worked most of the time, but like I said, it's just, it's, it's impossible to tell. I I don't even know. Jim Harbaugh can't even guarantee, you know, if this guy's going to be a success or not, but he's going to, they're just have to, everyone has to, at this point, it's, it's an all in effort for everyone to get on the same page and move this thing forward. And that's, you know, like I said, I, I can't, I can't criticize or scream about things over the next eight or nine months because, one, there's a lot of stupid stuff going on in the world that needs that type of energy instead of a football coach who's making millions of dollars. And, two, the answers to our questions won't
0: come until, honestly, probably November next year. So it is what it is. We do have some uh, good news for Mike McDonald, though. Uh, Brad Hawkins, just before going on to record, uh, announced he's going to be coming back here uh this year because uh you know obviously uh with the with the covid year you get the extra year of eligibility scot free and uh that's going to be a pretty key piece i think for next year
2: yeah absolutely and and i do think in uh, i do give the program credit because this year was so tumultuous it Mm could have been one of those years where everyone who had the opportunity to jump ship did and we're not seeing that we're seeing aiden hutchinson come back we're seeing brad hawkins come back and i think it does it does lend to the the possibility that uh maybe there there are guys in that locker room who are really hungry and really bitter with the way things ended and just the way things went last season and want to bring it back for one more go around so yeah i mean it's we'll, this team will take whatever they can get right now and have an uh, inexperienced db back excellent
0: Yep. Well, uh, football season—that's going to be here before we know it. We're already into January. Uh, we got the national championship game here tonight as we're recording. If you're listening on the podcast, that already happened. And hopefully, it went uh, Bama's way. In my, you know, hopeful hopefulness here, I don't need to see Ohio State get another national championship, man. But uh, uh, we we've got a national contender, I think, of our own at the school, but it's not on the football field here this year. Uh, the Michigan Wolverines basketball team. Undefeated, both men's and women's. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the men's with a big matchup here tomorrow. I'm going to take a quick break here, though on am Brewcasting and be back to talk some hoops.
1: Hey guys, Anthony from Maze and Brew here to introduce you to our friends and sponsors of the podcast, homefieldapparel.com. Homefield is a premium collegiate apparel brand located right in the heart of Big Ten country in Indianapolis and makers of some of the most comfortable items of clothing you will ever own. Homefield launched its Michigan collection in early November with several awesome vintage designs that capture a lot of the things we love about the Wolverines. Everything they do and design for all schools comes from a place of love that honors the history of some of our favorite institutions across the country. So if you're looking for a gift for that Tulane grad of yours, or simply want to add some North Dakota state gear to your collection, in addition to the Michigan stuff you buy, they are the place to do it. Our listeners, our readers, the Maze and Brew family can get 20% off your first purchase using the promo code MNB at homefieldapparel.com. That's promo code MNB at homefieldapparel.com for 20% off your first purchase. I promise you, their gear will become an instant favorite in your collection.
0: And we're back in on Brewcast. Luke Yardi here with Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. Monday night, January 11th, live on Twitch. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us as well as we are every Monday night at 730. Uh, We just talked a whole lot about the Jim Harbaugh contract extension and what's going to be happening with the staff moving forward. But we're right in the midst of a great season with the men's basketball team uh, at Michigan right now. Still undefeated. uh, The lone undefeated team in Big Ten play right now. Uh, Hunter Dickinson has been, uh, you know, a man amongst boys. He's even as a freshman, even as an older freshman, but, uh, just earned his fifth, uh, freshman of the week, third straight freshman of the week honors in the big 10 might as well just name it the Hunter Dickinson award at this point. Uh, but a big one tomorrow night with Wisconsin. And if you're listening to the show on Tuesday, that's coming up tonight. So get ready. A couple of top 10 teams. Uh, this is going to be, uh, just an absolute battle here tonight, guys. You know, we, we've been a little lucky the last couple of times with Northwestern and Minnesota, Michigan pulling away, especially in the second half. I don't know if that one is going to happen here Tuesday night. i gonna take that.
2: Yeah, I, I got you, buddy. Um, No, this is, look, it's so weird how it works, where like, especially in the Big Ten, this happens in college football as well, but especially in basketball where like Michigan has steamrolled essentially every team they played. And yet, after a win like Minnesota, after a win like Northwestern, there are those people who discredit and say so-and-so team – and I've done that before, I'm not going to lie – that discredit and say so-and-so team uh, is not as good as originally advertised or maybe they don't deserve the ranking they have. And yet, if Michigan would have lost those games, the the sky would have been falling down. It's weird how it works. It's like there's there's – X amount of games on the schedule that only that are only bad or only impactful. If you lose them, this team has passed every test so far. Now the the top tier and Anthony, you talked about this a few days ago where you kind of view it as a four team race. I'm waiting for Illinois to break out because I predicted them preseason to win the big 10 and they just, kind of seems stuck in neutral. Um, if not for Northwestern playing the worst second half, maybe in the history of college basketball, they would have lost both their games last week. So it might be, it's, but still three and a half team race, the elites, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan. That doesn't mean there's other teams in the conference that can't win all the time. In fact, every team I think is capable of playing an upset, but some of the teams like Michigan state, I feel like maybe even Ohio state in that camp that uh, in Illinois, that we felt like may be in that top tier and maybe a little bit below that. Michigan's biggest test will come Tuesday against Wisconsin, but before we, you know, they they jump ahead into that because, you know, I I like their chances. I'm going to pick this team uh, often going forward here because I like the group. I like the group that they have, and I love what they've done so far this season, what they did last week against Minnesota, that was like just a virtuoso performance. I mean, t- offensively, defensively, coaching wise, a mid game adjustments. It was at about as flawless as it gets. And, and the, the key phrase here, and I think it's what made some some teams of the beeline era really special is is confidence. It just I don't get the impression that this team gets rattled by anything. And I think it's what made like 2013, 2014, 2018, those teams kind of had that same uh, exuberance, that same kind of swagger, where even when things went sideways, like they did this season against Oakland, like they did against Penn State, when you have young players or, or guys who maybe haven't played in the Big Ten for long, it would be very easy for uh, it got these guys to get rattled. And they haven't. They've responded to every test. They played as good a basketball game as I've seen Michigan play in a minute against Minnesota. Uh, nothing but positives right now. But uh, the, the, the hardest tests are yet to come, and it starts with Wisconsin on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, to me, what's been the craziest kind of turnaround, especially from early on in the season has been the defense. It, I mean, you talk about playing with confidence, Chris, like usually that's reserved for shooting the basketball and playing loose on the offensive end and things like that. Defensively, the confidence is through the roof. I mean, you guys, you got guys that are not getting beat one-on-one on the perimeter, which is obviously the key to any defense. Mike Smith at the beginning of the year, he was struggling a lot with that. Right now, uh, he has been a much improved on-ball defender. Shondi Brown, when he's in the game, he is a nightmare to go up against one-on-one. But Franz, man, when when he kind of figured out that he can take over the game defensively, instead of just using his offense to be the best player on the court that's when this team went to the next level i mean he at this point he's he's cocky about it like you're not going to score on me he's blocking dudes i mean he had uh, he had a um, a block against Minnesota. I think it was in the first half. He, he came from, uh, I think the, the drive went baseline and he came from top of the key and went and pinned it on the backboard. I mean, it was an easy layup and Franz goes up there and pins it Michigan goes the other way. I think they scored in transition on that as well. That has been incredible because you have Hunter Dickinson, who's going to be great at defending the basket down there. But when you got these guys rotating and flying around on defense and you have guys like Franz and Isaiah livers also able to protect the rim. That is, that's the thing that's, that's going to be Michigan's bread and butter. It's going to be turning those defensive stops into transition points. And that's where they've been able to build these leads. You know, you look at that Minnesota game in the second half, I don't even know when it happened, but they went on a huge run out of nowhere. It was in like two or three minutes and I, they, they brought up the graphic and I don't even think I realized it.
2: Yeah, no, um, it was twenty nothing or something like that. I mean, they—that's where thirty-seven
1: I, to eight to start the half. Yeah,
2: that—that's going to win you a lot of games, and that mm-hmm. was the the uh, point I made on the Hoops Pod yesterday, where I think it shows Juwan's growth as a coach as well. Because there's been two or three instances, three really. I mean, they lose the Oakland game if he doesn't realize that Hunter Dickinson was the best player on the floor, so he mm-hmm. learned that early on. They might have lost the Maryland game if they don't switch to zone. And then Minnesota in the first half against Michigan, they made that little run at the end of the first half. Marcus Carr started to hit a few shots. They clamped down on him. And again, as I I brought this up before, but it really is worth repeating – The length of this basketball team makes that can potentially make them a nightmare defensively because you're playing a team like Minnesota who beat Iowa upset Iowa one you know was ten and two coming into Michigan because of their ability to shoot the basketball they were quite good on the perimeter it's hard to get shot a shot over Shaundi Brown it's hard to get a shot over over Franz Wagner's head and and then you go down low and you have this uh, an oak tree seven foot two standing (laughs) on the block and Hunter Dickinson like there is so much athleticism on this basketball team that you really it 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 might be simplistic to break it down but i just felt like once they get kind of the the basic defensive fundamentals uh they become a nightmare and and even the guys who maybe aren't as as gifted size wise like uh eli brooks is one of the best on ball defenders in the entire conference and and i think that they are realizing their potential as a defensive unit finally understanding that uh this the, the length of this basketball team makes them a matchup nightmare or can make them a nightmare defensively
1: yeah it, it's like I said it, it all is kind of spearheaded like you guys hit on by Franz Wagner and, and his ability to I just don't think he was playing with a ton of confidence to start the year on no, either wasn't. end of the floor um, but then somewhere along the line what, but in that 12 day break that they had um, the, a switch was flipped and he looks like every bit the freak we saw um, <laughs> you know the last month of last season and I say freak is a compliment here um, you know, I've, I've been saying I've been on it for, I feel like a couple weeks now. I, I think that this is, you know, given how deep they are, given how, like I said, there's been one game this year where they haven't hit, uh, I'm sorry, two games this year. No, one game this year where they haven't scored at least 80 points. I know the Oakland game, well, that, all the yeah, to Penn, that Yeah, Penn State I get good. that. Um, so you can throw that in there as well, but with as potent as they are offensively with, with as deep as they are, um, and with, like I said, right now you go to Kempom and you look at their conference-only stats. They're the second most efficient offense in the Big Ten, and they're the best defense in the Big Ten by, you know, a, a decent little margin here. So to me, this is to me this is the best team in the Big Ten. I think right now they are the team to beat. I think mm-hmm. that uh, you know Tuesday is obviously going to be a big test for them. You look through, you know, when you go through Kempom, the, the game at Wisconsin on Valentine's day is currently the only game they have. And there's a couple toss-ups in here, but the only game right now that they're projected to lose, so to speak. And like I said, they're going to lose more games than just one the rest of the way. Like right. there's just too much basketball left to be played in this conference. But like I said, I just think all the data points to, you know, the further and further we get from them working preseason, the preseason data, once that stuff gets worked out of the metrics now, like I said, I just think, uh, you know, barring, and I hate to say we're starting to see some COVID outbreaks in the big 10 yep. now. Penn state's paused. I believe Nebraska just paused right before we went live here. So I don't know what this is going to look like the rest of the way, but through the 10 games that I've watched and, and I've watched, you know, I feel like a, a, not a ton of basketball relatively to relative to how, I, what I normally would in a normal season, but, um, I'm pretty comfortable right now saying that if they're not the best outright team in the big 10, I think they're the best coach team in the big 10 right now.
2: It looks like yeah. it, and it. And Anthony, the point you made yesterday is, uh, is true. And they're the only team in the big 10 right now that you can't definitively say has a weakness like Iowa. We know what Iowa's weaknesses. They, they don't play defense Wisconsin. They're going to win a lot of games, but you know, and sometimes they're able to get over the hump and they, they can win a lot of games in the big 10, but offensively, they're never elite. You know, that they, they still have that kind of grinded out offense. It's not, it's not nearly as lethargic as it was in the Bo Ryan era, but still it, it does exist. Uh, Illinois is remarkably inconsistent. Michigan State doesn't have a point guard. At some point, we're going to find a scratch in Michigan's armor, but as of right now, uh, no coach and no opposing players have been able to kind of crack that code.
0: Most thing I'm looking forward to tomorrow night is Dickinson going up against the goofy dude for Wisconsin with the short shorts. Yes. I don't like that guy. I want. <laughs> I hope Dickinson dominates him, man. But uh, well, it's uh, as we're recording here, it's eight oh nine. We're we're kicking off the national championship in uh, just a few minutes. If uh, I think that covers just about everything, we'll be excited for that game tomorrow, Michigan Wisconsin. a Couple of top ten teams. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about it uh, coming up on Monday. I know Chris and Anthony are gonna have a basketball pod some point this week as well. I'm not sure if it's gonna be after that game or if you. You guys wait till Sunday to do it, but uh, yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a good show. So uh, with that, Chris, where can we find you on social media Uh,
2: at Castellani 2014? uh, And there you'll find the link to my YouTube page, as well as the link to my other show locked on tigers. And, and I do want to say the hoops pod that we did yesterday was uh, something I hope we can do more of in the future. We did an interview with Stu Douglas and, and quite honestly, one of my top two, three favorite things that I've ever done, since I started making content and I know this cause it's one of the only times I was ever actually nervous before doing one of this, these things. And, and Stu was a phenomenal sport, a really great interview. And I recommend people listen to his podcast and, and listen to uh, listen to what we did. Cause I thought I was really proud of how that turned out. So follow me on all those platforms and uh, continue to support uh, what we do on here.
0: Anthony, where can we find you? Yeah, same deal. I'm on all those socials. Uh, I'm,
1: hesitant at times to give them out anymore because I think I'm starting to advocate for people to spend less time on social media. Um, you know, Chris has done that. I've done that uh, a little bit at times, although you wouldn't have known this weekend, but, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter Anthony T. Brew. Uh, can, can follow the website at maize and brew or wherever you get your podcast as well. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Leave us a review. Uh, say nice things. Give us feedback. Uh, I think things will start to look a little bit differently podcast-wise as we transition into the new year here. Because uh, eventually, Michigan's going to fill out its coaching staff, and then I don't know what's going to happen with spring football and basketball. It's. I feel like at some point we might get a bit of a pause, but uh, we will. We're looking at things constantly uh, again. If there's anything you'd like to see. Let us know. I mean, we take pride in being an advocate and entertainment to you. That's uh, the most important thing to us, I think. So again, appreciate everyone who's always on along for
0: the ride. And uh, like I said, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Big thanks to all of you that hung out on Twitch here tonight. Uh had the comments really going. Uh, always a whole lot of fun. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, we do the Twitch stream every Monday night at 730. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, leave a review for all of our shows, wherever you get your podcasts, you know, Google, Apple, Spotify, all of it. Please uh, rate, leave a review, subscribe on there as well, and follow uh, all the platforms that Anthony mentioned, uh, especially on Twitter and Facebook for uh, all the articles and all the good stuff, and make sure to check the site every day as well. So that's going to wrap it up for us here on BrewCast. For my partners, Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani, I'm Luke Giardi, and enjoy the national championship game here tonight. We'll see you next week on BrewCast.